Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of February 11th through February 17th, 2013. Vulnerability activity was significantly increased for the period, primarily due to multiple large updates from Microsoft and Adobe. Microsoft released 12 bulletins that addressed 57 vulnerabilities. The bulletins addressed vulnerabilities in Microsoft Windows, Internet Explorer, .NET Framework, Microsoft Exchange Server, and Fast Search Server for SharePoint. The vulnerabilities could allow an attacker to execute arbitrary code, access sensitive information, cause a denial of service condition, or gain elevated privileges. Only one Internet Explorer uh, code execution vulnerability has functional exploit code available. Details of the vulnerabilities and mitigations are available in the Cisco event response. Adobe released multiple security updates for Adobe Flash, Flash Player, and Shockwave Player. Uh, in addition, Adobe PCERT released the Adobe Reader and Acrobat Vulnerability Report, indicating the team's investigating report of a new vulnerability being exploited in the wild. IntelliShield alerts for these vulnerabilities and security updates are available on the Cisco SIO portal. Cisco released security notices for a multiple Cisco product root shell access vulnerability, a Cisco Unity Connection memory leak denial of service vulnerability, and a Cisco Small Business Wireless Access Points SSID validation vulnerability. Additional security advisories and software updates were released for multiple vulnerabilities in WordPress, a Novell GroupWise client for Windows ActiveX control arbitrary code execution vulnerability, multiple vulnerabilities in HP left-hand virtual SAN appliances, and multiple vulnerabilities in IBM WebSphere. In email security activity, sources are reporting on a spam campaign targeting Citigroup customers. Cisco SIO identified and updated rules for this spam on January 23, 2013, and reported this activity in a threat outbreak alert. In botnet activity, zoo samples were identified in Japan crossing the language barrier, and multiple sources reported the resurgence of the Kilihos botnet, which has been shut down in two previous actions. In activist activity, the Al-Qassam hacking group has issued new statements that it will be returning to attacking U.S. targets be, uh, because of the failure to remove the offending video from YouTube and now other sites. The previous attacks targeted U.S. financial institutions with distributed denial-of-service attacks. IntelliShield published 174 events last week, 125 new events, and 49 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the Privacy Risk Management category. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security Office for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties has released a Civil Rights Civil Liberties Impact Assessment Executive Summary regarding searches and seizures of electronic devices at national borders. The summary concludes that the DHS policy, in place since at least 2008, permitting the suspicionless and warrantless searches and seizures of electronic devices at the U.S. border and its functional equivalent, uh, comply with both the First and Fourth Amendments to the U.S. Constitution. 
The American Civil Liberties Union has filed a request under the Freedom of Information Act to obtain the full report titled Civil Rights and Civil Liberties Impact Assessment, Border Searches of Electronic Devices, along with a lawsuit challenging the policy on the behalf of individuals and organizations impacted by the policy. The U.S. DHS policy in question has resulted in the warrantless search and, in many cases, seizure of thousands of traveling U.S. citizens' electronic devices. In at least one case, an individual had his device, a laptop, held for 11 days before it was ultimately returned to the traveler. During the period of time of July 2008 and June 2009, the DHS transferred data obtained via this policy to other federal agencies 280 times. Businesses and individuals traveling across or near the U.S. border and related transportation interchanges should take measures to ensure the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of their data and communications in the event that their devices are searched or seized for an extended period of time during the normal course of travel. And next in the trust risk management category... Security researchers from IOActive discovered a vulnerability in certain emergency alert system devices used by television and radio stations in the United States. The researchers indicate the vulnerability allows the complete compromise of the affected devices. Once compromised, the devices could allow attackers to send messages of their choice through the system. Details of the vulnerability and devices affected are not available publicly, as the researcher is waited to disclose details until the vendor can distribute fixes to customers. Weaknesses in public alerting systems have the potential to cause damage related to panic. Perhaps as important, the impact to trust in the system could cause issues when an actual emergency arises and people don't act because of fake messages in the past. Although security research in, into uh, EAS products has so far been uncommon, uh, this event might bring greater scrutiny and possibly expose additional flaws. Organizations that deploy EAS devices should take measures to protect devices from external access. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category... Last week, U.S. President Obama issued a long-awaited executive order on cybersecurity in conjunction with his State of the Union address. The order, entitled Improving Critical Infrastructure Cybersecurity, calls for the creation of a voluntary framework through which the federal government and critical industries can share threat information. One day after the order was issued, the House of Representatives reintroduced a slightly amended version of the draft Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act, uh, which failed to come to a vote in Congress last year. At the same time, the White House issued a new presidential policy directive uh, that broadens the definition of critical infrastructure and also broadens the government's mission to protect these entities from threats beyond terrorism, uh, including natural, natural disasters and cyber attacks. As if that weren't enough for one week, word of a new National Intelligence Estimate serviced in press reports. The classified text reportedly lays out further evidence that the United States is the target of a massive cyber espionage campaign that threatens national economic competitiveness and security. Information security specialists have a lot to think about following last week's flurry of Washington, D.C. news. The attention is not unwelcome. Uh, there's wide recognition that U.S. critical infrastructure will only become more Internet-connected with time and therefore more vulnerable. Moreover, most ex experts agree that a better framework for public-private information sharing is overdue. As ever, the devil is in the details. 
a central concern is how to protect privacy while increasing actionable threat communication. Service and content providers are rightly concerned about the risk of litigation if a clear framework for information sharing is not established. One difference between the CISPA draft and the President's executive order is that the EO focuses primarily on government sharing with the private sector, rather than the other way around, according to a PC Magazine article on the subject. One crucial question left for debate is whether some entities will be subject to mandatory reporting requirements because of their critical nature. The National Institute of Standards and Technology has been tasked with developing a framework in cooperation with private sector infrastructure providers within one year. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com go SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.